Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, your host, and I'm happy and honored to be joined again by two returning champions. First, I'll introduce Nick. Nick is from the Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast. You've heard him on the show many, many times before. He always brings wonderful, insightful Disney World commentary. So, Nick, welcome back, and how are you tonight? I do. <laughs> Doing great, Scott. Awesome. Then we have Dean, also from the Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast. Dean has been on the show many times before and brings insightful Disney World commentary. So, Dean, welcome back. How are you tonight? As the old saying goes, Scott, I learned it by watching you. Oh, thank you. But uh, even more so, I learned it by co-hosting with Nick. And now that Tom Brady has retired, there is exactly one goat left standing. Nick is the goat. Dean Dean has insightful... uh comments when he's not distracted by whatever games watching over podcasting uh arizona ucla it's killing <laughs> me over here nick it's killing me and we got the uh, olympics starting tonight i guess they started before the opening ceremony i don't know if that's every yeah there's been some over. curling on already and yes. uh and, and uh, some of the preliminary stuff for those like sort of longer tournament ones but the real opening is uh, the ceremony is friday night so that'll yes. be uh That'll be one of those things that I'm going to gear up to watch, probably put it on DVR and fast forward through most of it. It's sure. terrible that I do that, but it's, it, it always drags for me. Have you guys ever competed in an Olympics event? Just like in fifth grade, when we had the little uh, elementary Olympics. Oh, yeah, okay. I was going to say, that not, 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 not at the Olympic <laughs> level. I've, I've thrown a shot put. I've thrown a javelin. Oh, really? I've run the 100, not fast. We did we did the uh what, the javelin the uh what do you call it pole vault pole vault oh, high, high jump high Wait, jump did, did you the literally long pole distance vault? jump yeah pole vault's hard we did all that in like um seventh or eighth grade they had a whole thing set up yeah, pole yeah I've, done, I've done pole triple jump very hard tri- triple jump and long jump like during gym class that that was terrible to that too no we had like her we had like a whole summer olympics set up we had uh, hurdles and all that i wonder if there's any podcast devoted just to the olympics i'm sure there are i'll look the olympics are something uh that that qualifies the stuff i love yeah they're fun i get excited about the olympics every time they're very fun to watch competition is great um the athleticism there on display is just astounding these athletes are out of this world um the while we wait for pod What's that, that? That sounded like a Mickey Star Traders line right there. Olympopod. Olympopod. The podcast. The Olympopodian. The Olympo channel. There's like a hundred of them. Stuff we love Olympics. What? <laughs> Butter and bacon and gold medals. Yeah. Keep the flame alive. I did hear due to COVID, they're shortening the uh, the flame ceremony, like the, the torch pass. Really? It's not going to go quite as long as it typically does for an Olympics. It's boring TV anyway, to be honest. Goes on too long. Yeah, no, it really does. Although I, I do have vivid memories of 96 when sure. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, legendary. That, legendary that moment. Was, that was fantastic. I saw that one. Well, tonight we're going to be talking, you know, it's... It, I was thinking earlier today, what can we talk about on the podcast? Because when it comes to Walt Disney World, there's always stuff to talk about. And you get your news stories. You know, we could spend two hours talking about Magical Express being eliminated and about 
I don't know what else has been in the news related to you know rise of the Didn't resistance. we already do that? We I think we probably <laughs> did. And then it occurred so what's to a me. What's a velocicoaster? Right. And then it occurred to me that one thing we haven't talked about here on the show has been things that we have never done at Walt Disney World, despite our multiple trips there. And out of those things, which ones we actually really have an interest in doing? Because no matter how many times you go to Walt Disney World, one of the great things about it is that there is always stuff to do. New stuff, stuff you haven't done in a while. And uh, Disney, to their credit, is coming up with new experiences over time. So I thought it would be a good idea to talk about this. I thought of a few for myself. I'm curious what you guys have never done at Walt Disney World. Um, And with that, who would like to start? Or shall I choose someone to start? Nick would love to start. The GOAT. I've never done the Astro Orbiter. Is that true? Yeah. Really? Tell me why. <laughs> it's always a line. Um, Would you genie so- plus it? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Would um, you pay a then- lightning lane for it? No, I would not. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you go, you get over that that side of the park, and um, mm-hmm. the Astro Orbit is a 35-minute wait, and the people movers a walk-on, so you just walk on the people mover. Yes. <laughs> it. Uh, how do you do on spinning rides? Are you okay on spinning rides? No. I, I've only done, like, the teacups, like, once or twice. I don't like, okay. I don't really like spinners, so. I have, I have Dumbo. Do you like Dumbo? I, I, I can stand Dumbo and the carpet, so I'm sure I'll be fine on Astro Orbiter. But, uh, well, you know, I was going to say that I think Astro Orbiter is a little more intense on the spinning than some of the others. If, if you had a tough time on teacups, you may have a tough time on Astro Orbiter because to me, it seems to go faster. And there's something about the height that kind of um, emphasizes that spinning feeling. You feel it a little more on the ride. Yeah. Um, like, I won't do the. Uh, the swings at Disney uh, California Adventure. Okay, sure. Mickey's uh, swings. We went to um, there's a um, a pier in Galveston that has some uh, rides on it, and they have one of those that takes you up really high, and then as it spins, you're over the water. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had to just close my eyes. I was about to uh, <laughs> pass out. Yeah, it could get intense. And and I think if you have a hard time with that, the Astro Orbiter could be uh, could be not that enjoyable because even I, and I don't have an issue with spinning rides. There's times where I'm up there and I'm like, wow, this seems to be going pretty fast and kind of maybe close my eyes for a moment. I have, an, have, I have an issue with fitting in that thing. Yeah. It's tough. Uh, my, my son likes to ride that with me the couple of times I have done it. And uh, yeah, that's, it's got, I don't know, maybe it doesn't, but it feels to me like it has less room than some of the other seats that you sit in. So it's a, uh, it's a cramped space, but there's some fantastic views. The views, so it's, I would say, it, is the uh, what makes it most worth it, especially at night. The views up there are awesome. It's always it's always one I say I'm going to do, and then we get there, and I always end up just doing something else. Yeah, yeah I don't think I'd wait 35 minutes for it. Yeah, it's a very difficult um, loading process because oh, we may, ladies and gentlemen, we are about to be joined <laughs> by a special guest. Let's get right to this intro as he emerges. I'll wait for it's him like, to appear in the like chat. A gr- a groundhog seen in shadow. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome to the show one of the hosts of Butter and Bacon, the Good Stuff of Disney podcast. He is a wonderful guest. And what did I, how did I describe you and uh, the two of you guys? Did I say like offers great, insightful Disney World commentary? Yes. All falls more in the the loquacious, uh, levitish uh, 
some other words that end in ush that he used to describe our listeners as. Uh, it was really just a self-description of Paul. I, well, thank you. Thank you for the warm welcome. Uh, you know, I, I do try to be loquacious and vivacious and intelligent, remarkable on any podcast that I'm on. Those so, are all too many letters for my Wordle. Let me get my yes. thesaurus yeah. out of the dictionary. <laughs> you know, Epcot, they keep telling, they keep saying is not a word. I'm going to keep trying it, though. It's definitely a word. It used to be all capitals, and it's not anymore. So it's clearly a word now. Right. I am I'm flummoxed. I'm stunned. I'm unnerved by this sudden appearance. <laughs> it's, this is like a journalist needs to think on the fly. <laughs> yeah. Clearly live from Epcot, too. I'm live. For, as you can clearly tell from my background, I'm setting up recording right outside of the um, not quite fully themed um, starship that is outside of the Guardians of the Galaxy Galactic Rewind. We, we clearly made one too many poly jokes and they appeared. That's right. You say my name three times and I will appear <laughs> on your podcast. So, uh, Paul, we were uh, just beginning to talk on the episode about things we've never done at Walt Disney World. And Nick started it off and said he has never been on the Astro Orbiter. So let me ask, have you been on Astro Orbiter? Oh, yes. I've been on Astro Orbiter many times. How do you like it? Um, I don't know if Dean's had a chance to go yet, but I, I felt um, afraid for my life. Okay. Um, once I was in there with my daughter when she was older than three. Same reason I literally was describing right as you were joining. There is just a little less room there than the, than a normal ride to fit two people. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I picture, if you will, a two-seat space mountain vehicle, uh, half size. It's tight. It's tight. But and if I'm not you can tall. cram yourself in there, yeah, great I'm, views. I'm not tall. Oh, fantastic views. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But oh, I, and what I was saying uh, was that it's it's a long loading process because they got to bring people into the elevator, then you got to go up. And I, I got to say, from a COVID perspective, I, even if masks are required, that elevator, that's not a, uh, a place I feel very comfortable being, to be well, honest. I got a rope drop. Got a rope drop. Got a rope drop it for sure. Or late night, like really late at night for an after hours event. During the fireworks. During the fireworks would be a great place. Great. great time to be up there. Uh, Nick, great, great choice to start the show, something you've never done in Disney World. So, uh, Dean, let's turn it over to you. What is something you have never done in Disney World? I have never watched the Beauty and the Beast live on stage show at Hollywood Studios. Neither have I. That's, uh, and what's the reason? Not missing much. <laughs> Ouch. Um, our normal trip is in the summer, and in the summer, it's really hot. And standing in that line to sit in that open air theater looked like it was hot combined with hot. And uh, therefore, we chose never to do it. <laughs> so it just doesn't work. The couple of times we're like, oh, we should go see that show. We're usually rope dropping. And it doesn't open with the park. The first performance is maybe an hour, a couple hours into the opening. And uh, we never bothered to go see the show. Uh, I would have said Flights of Wonder, except that we finally got to see that this past summer. That would have been a second show mm -hmm. I had never seen. Um, but yeah. Uh, I, it's one of those things we've never done, and I can't even tell you that'll be on my list of things I'm worried about thinking about for my next trip. It's if I see it, I see it. If not, I've literally seen that movie probably a hundred times. So I'm, I know the stage show is different than the the cartoon. I've actually seen the Broadway show too. So I've I've had my fill of Beauty and the Beast. So I don't know if I'm I'm missing anything not going to that. 
I've never seen it. Don't really have an interest of doing that at Hollywood studios, to be honest. It's just a personal preference. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, I have seen it. It actually is a pretty good show to watch the last showing before Fantasmic. Um, cause you're right there. Um, so that's typically, um, the, the few times that we've seen it, that's when we watched it. Is it basically like the movie we created on stage? Uh, it's, it's closer to the Broadway show okay. than the movie. So it's a little different. And when I say the movie, I mean the animated one, not the live action Hermione Granger one. <laughs> Don't they just hit all the songs basically? Yeah, they do. But I mean, you know, the, the dancing is neat. The costumes are fantastic. Um, yeah, they have nice costumes. And, and, and you know, it's the, it's the whole story in 22 and a half minutes. So, Is it a true story? I never knew that about Beauty and the Beast. Is that a true story? It's based on a true story. <laughs> sure. Based on a true story. Sure. Yep. Uh, Paul. It's what based is on a true story of Nick and his wife, Paul and his wife. Dean and his wife, and possibly Scott and his wife. Anyway, oh, you just called my wife a beast. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I was trying to think of a joke. I can't think of anything that quickly. I need, I need my writers to come up with something a little quicker than this. But um, that's just your tale as old as time, Scott. I think you already put your uh, writers to bed for the night. Well, I figured I wouldn't need them, but the, the show's, <laughs> this, is, this is a wild episode tonight. Um, Paul, Concise. what is something you have never done in Walt Disney World? Something I have never done, and I was thinking about this because my last trip was in 2017. I'm not counting anything that's opened since then because that would not make sense. Um, I have never done any of the Main Street vehicles. I've never ridden on the omnibus or the trolley or the car or anything. I've never done anything like that. Mm -hmm. Oddly enough, I've been in a parade on Main Street, and I haven't been on a vehicle when was the parade uh the family fun day parade sure this was 2006 did you wave to the crowd we did we had um uh little pennants that sure. we would wave were you with uh, your family yes my was wife fun? and uh, yes and it was during the day that was my next question <laughs> is very good yeah grapes grapes in the stroller uh very, very cool nice. I wanted to ask, is, is there a reason you haven't done or just never the, the opportunity never presented itself? Um, opportunity, time of day that we are usually there. I mean, sure. Usually rope drop, which is a little early. Right. Um, and even when we would go to the Magic Kingdom, we're there, <laughs> we're there early for Crystal Palace breakfast so that we're basically in Frontierland or Adventureland when, when the park actually opens. Right. So, yeah. Speaking of vehicles on Main Street, you know they have the tracks, obviously, down Main Street, USA. How many of you have walked down Main Street, not looked at the ground, and find yourself almost tripping on the tracks? Every How many people? I, I, I could be looking at the ground, and my ankle goes, oh, look. Sure. I, I hobbled my last day of vacation last summer because of that exact reason. I <laughs> rolled right through one of the tracks. I, I'm sitting here rolling my ankle now, being reminded of the pain. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that is very easy to do. And it doesn't matter how big or small your foot is. It's going to fit into that groove. For the yeah, I don't know how mine fits sure. in there, but it did. I, I just found the right spot. Yep. Well, that's interesting, Paul. I, I also have never been on a vehicle down. I didn't think of that for tonight, but I've never been on a vehicle down Main Street USA or horse. If that, if that counts I'd love as a vehicle. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I've love been it, on the no. fire truck. It was cool. We got to uh, ring the, the bell. That's sweet. On the horn. 
Yeah. I've been on the bus, the horse-drawn carriage, a couple others. Have you uh, also a Disneyland? Not the fire truck. I've done a Disneyland and Disney World. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to ride it. When I go to Disneyland, I, I will wait all day in Main Street <laughs> to ride something. One of the times we walked into uh, Magic Kingdom right after open, and the guy was standing there, he's like, get in. Like, he didn't even ask. <laughs> get in. He was making magic for you. Yeah. Get in. We're going to the castle. Come on. Let's go. Well, these are great Save choices. <laughs> I was thinking what I could, should mention first, and I guess I'll mention a food thing first, which seems uh, appropriate for our discussions here on the show. I have never been to the Swan and Dolphin Food and One Classic. And when I watch footage of that, yeah, people, the reaction on the screen that I see, it's like, I could tell you guys are disappointed in that answer, <laughs> in, in that choice by me. I don't know why, but it's, uh, you know what it is? It's only one weekend a year, but every time I watch footage of it on YouTube, it looks fantastic. You pay a flat fee, you go to this event, all the restaurants from Swan and Dolphin are out. It's in that area between the two hotels. So you get the palm trees and the lights. They have live entertainment and you get wine, you get samples from the restaurants and it just looks phenomenal. And I it always is say phenomenal. To, you've been, I, I did it. Yeah, I did it once. It's awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It, in some ways, um, and this is going to be blasphemy. It's better than the food and wine at Epcot. That's uh, not and, the re, and the reason it's better is because the lines are remarkably shorter. Mm -hmm. The experience is much more intimate um, and, and you don't feel hurried and rushed and, and you don't have to eat off a garbage can. So um, yeah. there's this, but the, the quality is, is really high. And uh, the year that we were there, Todd English was actually there representing Blue Zoo and mm -hmm. handing out, well, he wasn't handing out stuff, but he was watching his people hand out stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's a fantastic experience. It's, it's pricey. It is, it is definitely uh, you know, one of the more expensive single ticket options of things to do, you know, sort of those add-ons, but it's worth it in a way. And that's why I was kind of shaking my head. Cause it's not, it's not that it's a bad choice, but because you have a one in 52 shot of hitting it <laughs> yeah. for one. Um, and for I've, two, I've never won the lottery it, at Disney world. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, and, and it is, it is an upcharge kind of thing. So, you sure. know, that's kind of like saying, well, I've never done a backstage tour that I, that costs $200. Well, okay. You know. <laughs> again, never nothing against that as a choice, but yeah. Do you, do you have to pay to get in and then pay for all the food or you pay to get in and just get free samples? Uh, I, I challenge the word free, but it's a single price and then you got at least when the year we did it it was a single price and then you got in and went with the booth and got samples oh so it's not like regular epcot where you have to pay the admission and then you have to pay yeah. for samples I, I can't this was god we were there i think the second or third year they had it so this is definitely more than 11 years ago as <laughs> i measure all of my time and you know, pre and post child uh, so this goes back a while but I, I i think it's still the same structure i could be wrong Dean, you identified what is the biggest issue for me with the food and wine festival. I encountered it recently where you get the food and you're either eating on a garbage can or you're trying to grab one of the few tables. I was trying to eat the Belgian waffle with whipped cream and chocolate syrup, which is amazing, while walking. And it's very hard to do. Just extremely, extremely difficult. Yeah, the and not only that, but you and can the waffle and the fork. It's like <laughs> it mm. I'm not that skilled my, my an eater to do this. My challenge there is I'll preview the menus and I'll say, okay, I want the Belgian waffle, but then I want you know this drink to go with it. And 
either that drink is on the other side and it's half a mile walk yeah. or it's two booths down, but it's got a half hour wait. Right. And so sometimes getting the food and, and drink that you want together is a challenge, which is a testament to how popular food and wine is. Yep. <laughs> well, yeah, the Belgian thinking... waffle with a tipsy ducks in love, you'll be waiting for approximately an hour and a half to get both of those items together. Unless you're with someone and you divide and conquer and meet sure. in the middle at a trash can. So if the four of us were at Food and Wine Festival, we could be like one in one corner. You know, you'd be in China. I'd be yep. in Great Britain. <laughs> Nick would be uh, in Italy and Dean, you'd be in Mexico or something. I'd, I'd want those old like Nextel phones <laughs> to do that, too. So we could just like oh, yeah, walkie yeah. talkie each other. I'm yep. not going oh, to be Italy. It'll, it'll be the four of us with the Kim Possible <laughs> chirps going on. <laughs> I'll trade with you, Nick. You can take Mexico. I'll go over to Italy. The, the Italy booth is probably the worst booth. <laughs> as long as I can walk through Germany. That's I'm thinking I'm close enough to make myself happy. <laughs> three years ago, I, I Germany. Yeah, Germany's great. Um, mm? Three years ago, I went to uh, Food and Wine Festival. I went to the Italian booth where I had chicken fingers and marinara sauce. Exotic food. So you're ordering I, the wrong things. Yeah, um, you should be there for a cannoli, a gelato, or a wine, ooh. and then move on. Yeah, my favorite all all time food wine meal that I had was a a pierogi and a kielbasa and a margarita. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, it it you wouldn't think it would go well, but man, the lime and the salt just it it worked so well. And the Poland booth just happened to be right next to the margarita stand mm -hmm. in Mexico. You can't beat that. Nope. Paul, I like what you said about my uh, selection being a one out of 52 thing. Maybe for my next one, I'll say, oh, I've never been given a tour of Disney World by Bob Chapek. <laughs> you know, oh, never, yeah, yeah. <laughs> never have I ever. Never stayed in the Cinderella <laughs> suite, despite the fact that it's being used all the time. <laughs> but all right. So we got we each went once. Let's uh, let's pick it up again. And uh, Nick, we'll return to you. What is the next thing you've never done in Disney? Uh, well, Paulie mentioned it. I've never uh, done Fantastic. Okay. And neither have I. That's it. That's wow. It. Yeah. Wow. That's at, at, and you haven't done that in Disneyland either. I've. Well, if you have to think about it, I'm probably I, not. Well, no, I, I think I've sat through it once at Disneyland, but most of the times we've seen it is just as we're walking by. Okay. But that was before they had the big fancy dragon. Yeah. And Nick, what's the reason you've never done it? I don't know, just no interest in. <laughs> Studios like to me is always a park that's hard to be there at night. We always went in the morning. Yeah, we usually leave before it gets dark. Yeah, we're conspicuous park hoppers. And we would, you know, and this was well before, um, you know, when we were going much more frequently. Studios didn't really have any nighttime entertainment other than Phantasmic. So there wasn't anything for us to hang out for um when you've got illuminations at epcot or you've got you know wishes going on at the magic kingdom um or you've got animal kingdom closed at five right. uh, you know then there, there's <laughs> and when you're with the family you have to have that. six well yeah. hey back then yeah, <laughs> yeah and, when and when you're with a family that wants to go for a swim or you know anything else and they're done you know yeah. either yeah. they're too short to ride tower of terror test track or uh, not, you know, any of the rides really. Or they're just they're just done and ready to go back to the resort, and they don't yeah. want to sit through another show. Right. I will say that Studios has done a good job of adding quick service 
and drink stations, which makes just like hanging out. Like when I think about Epcot at night, when you know, you're talking about riding this ride, we don't do rides at night at Epcot. It's usually just no. strolling World Showcase, maybe poking in around stores and, and having a drink or a snack at the booths. And I think Studios has done a good job over the last decade to add those types of options because it's a really pretty park at night. There's great lighting and and, and so many things that you can see. And, and actually there's really good shopping along both main streets there. Um, mm-hmm. But it doesn't get the same draw, I think, that, that some of the other parks do for their nighttime. And that might be why you, you've never hung around long enough to do Fantasmic. But if you, know, if you did your park hopping and you were somewhere else during the day or in the morning, hop there for dinner at Mama Melrose or 50s Primetime. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard to kind of wander around the park, especially with the new new areas added now and make your way over to Fantasmic. So it's it's probably more doable now than it was in years past. Yeah, once they opened Sunset Boulevard, it became a much more photogenic park at night. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's just phenomenal, seeing the Tower of Terror at the end of, of Sunset Boulevard lit up. And then with the new areas, of course, I mean, Star Wars, I would imagine walking around Galaxy's Edge at night is a utterly different experience um, than it is during the day. Seeing stars sure. above Star Wars is just neat anyway um they should bring back those x-wing drones that they had flying around for opening day but that's neither here nor there seeing the millennium falcon lit up at night is worth the cost of admission alone i'll cry (laughs) it it is fantastic uh but yeah good choice nick i've never done it either and uh when i think about future trips to disney world and being in hollywood studios at night i i again personal preference i'd rather go to galaxy's edge and take a million photos there um, or stand in front of Mickey's uh, Runaway Railway with the the lighting there. It's just fantastic. Oh, the marquee, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll probably. Fun. I would. Go ahead, Nick. I was gonna say we'll probably end up doing it on our next trip or two, just because we're trying to check off all those things we haven't done. Mm-hmm. A lifetime bingo card. Yeah, I would imagine riding Slinky Dog at night would be a lot of fun too. A yes, cooler, it looks fun. Not in the sun. Um, for the line, first of all, yes. Um, and I know Dean mentioned having a, a ADR like at Mama Melrose. I might recommend if you get there around dusk, the sci-fi dine-in because yes. then you'll come oh, out yeah. and it will be night. So, <laughs> you know, I was gonna say I've read I've ridden Slinky Dog at night, but no, it was during the day. It's just the storm clouds that come rolling. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> we actually did Slinky Dog after Fantasmic one night, which was mm. fantastic. That's a great night. That's a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, my my son was probably eight, mm-hmm. and it had at that point it was the latest he had ever stayed up in his life. Uh, we were there with friends of ours who live down there now, and and the two boys were just they were they were battling through and, and not trying to give in to fatigue. And That's that such was, a great age to take yeah. to, on a coaster at night, though. Yeah, I we mean, had a good time with that. Yeah, uh, Dean, what is something you've never done? Uh, I, I believe this to be a true statement. I might be off by one, but I believe I have never done mini golf in Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. I've never. I've never done it. I'm trying to remember. I, there is a course by Swan Dolphin. Fantasia Garden. Fantasia Garden. Yeah, and I, I can't remember if we ever did that one. I actually don't think we did, even mm-hmm. though we had passes for it one, one year. Uh, and I know I haven't done Winter Summerland. So I think it is a true statement. I have never done. And I want to. I actually want to do regular. I've, I've done no golfing, uh, no golfing other than spending way too much money at the pro shop. Uh, <laughs> done no golfing at Walt Disney World. Well, that's far. easy to do. 
<laughs> when we we first started going in like uh, 2010, they would give you those little coupon books. Yeah. And there was a coupon in there to do it for free. Yeah. Well, we and it was still didn't do it. It was part of the water park option, which we're yeah. such big water park fans. I mean, you get the free mini golf. We stayed at the Dolphin and we did Fantasia Gardens. We did both courses. Um, if you were to play the one that is a miniature golf course, you will never forget it because the world's hardest thing ever. Okay, definitely didn't do that. No, I it 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 it's like a real golf course just shrunk down. Wow. Sand, rough. It's like what? Yeah, I've I've been there, but I didn't finish playing. Like I started playing and I left. I think because it was crowded <laughs> and I just didn't want to wait. But Scott, uh, Scott cracked his club over his knee and said, "I'm out of here." <laughs> he, he threw it onto Epcot Center Drive and just stalked back. I, I'm going to tell you guys a story, but before I do, I'll just note that over at Universal at City Walk, the mini golf there is fantastic, and you have a choice. You could do a science fiction themed course or a horror movie themed course. I've done the horror movie one, I believe, not the science fiction, but it's just a lot of fun and not it's challenging, but not overwhelmingly challenging. But the mini golf story is. So I'm here now. I'm in my 40s, but I have a vivid memory as a kid of being invited to a friend's birthday party at a mini golf course. It was just me, the friend and one of his other friends, like it was a small gathering. And I must not have known what I was doing, because as I was getting to hit the ball at mini golf, I swung the club back like it was a real golf course. And I hit the friend in the face, Oof. the friend of the friend, not not my friend, but the other kid he invited. You did that just to get an edge, didn't you? I was, I was, re- I feel bad about it. It's amazing the stuff you remember from when you're a kid, like year, decades later now, I remember that and feeling terrible about it. I think you need to find that guy on Facebook and apologize. I don't even know his name. <laughs> he has tattooed across his knuckles, Scotty Boy 4. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's just waiting. He's still plotting his revenge. <laughs> it's like um, the TV show Cobra Kai, which I finally have started watching the way that the two lead characters never forget their childhood feud. But anyhow, you guys watch Cobra Kai? No. Yeah, we're halfway through season two. Uh, four. I mean, season four, whatever the current season is. Season four. Three or four. Yeah, so I we're, half, we're halfway season, through four. And I, I, I don't like how one of the characters is, so I can't keep okay. watching it. Okay. I just, That'll be an off-the-record conversation then. Yeah. I have enough um, nostalgia for the, the original movies that uh, it keeps me hooked. Sure. Just never had an interest in watching it. And then, so it's kind of like the way you looked at Fantasmic all these years. <laughs> Cobra Kai, Fantasmic. No, but um, Paul, what's something you've never done in Disney? This might surprise many of the panelists. He's, he's never been to Disney. <laughs> right. I've never been to Florida. Um, I have never been to a bar in Animal Kingdom. What? Any of them? Mm-hmm. You don't know the Dawa Bar is down in Africa. I wrote a song about the Dawa Bar. <laughs> I performed the song about the Dawa Bar. I have not been to the Dawa Bar. I haven't been to the bar at Yak and Yeti. I haven't been. been to the. I haven't been to the Nomad Lounge. I haven't been to. That's a must do. Bar. I've, I've been to all of those in Animal and- Kingdom. And I any reason for it, just yeah, that's the way any. the trips worked out. I yeah, I mean, it mainly you know, like like Nick said, you know, on a family trip, when you got a kid who is you know at for the most part sub ten years old, sure, not hanging out at a bar much anyway. Um, the only time I really got a chance to hang out at a bar at all was either when I would go alone, 
um, which again, Animal Kingdom closed, so not going there. Um, or it was waiting for a table. So this would be at 50s prime time. I'd be at the tune-in lounge and sure. I would be the one that sure. was designated to go and wait for the table, um, you know, because I didn't care. So I'd sit at the tune-in and I'd have myself an adult milkshake and I'd wait. Um, but yeah, I just, it, it just never really came up. I mean, I, I would love to. I love Tiffin's. Um, yeah. You know, Nomad is something that we'd love to do, but I think that's a... Nomad's that's family a, friendly, me though. Me and my yeah. wife, and I know it's family friendly, but I, I think it's just more of a me and my wife lazy do two attractions and hang out at the park for eight hours type, type I, I will, day. I will share this uh, little ditty with you, Paul. We were talking about our uh, planning of a trip for this upcoming summer, and I asked my son, you know, as you think about the restaurants or, or places you want to go back to eat or, or new places you want to try, what's on your list? And literally the first thing he said was, I want to go back to Nomad Lounge. Wow. Now, granted, he's my son, so it's not that surprising. Yeah. But um, no, that the actually the menu is actually pretty approachable, but it's different, which is nice. And, you know, you don't have to build it up to the bar. They have plenty of tables on the outer <laughs> circle outside or inside um, that it can be. And when we were there, it was pretty mixed. There were some adult only tables and there was quite a handful of family tables too. So uh, kids of any age would be welcome there. Oh yeah. And, and I don't mean that in a, like kids, not, you know, it's Walt Disney world, but you know, in, and unlike Trader Sam's, it's not like a bar bar, um, you know, or, or sitting at like Victoria falls or something like that. But, you know, I just, it's just, it hasn't been something we've done mainly because the only time I've been at animal kingdom at night, we were in Pandora. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Gluten-free churros, by the way. Gluten-free churros. Gluten-free churros at Nomad Lounge, which cool. is what got us to go there the first time. Are oh, they wow. full oh. churros or are they churro bites? So you can. Dip no, them. they were full churros. Wow. There's no uh, bar in Pandora, is there? No. Uh, no. They have a stand, but it's not alcoholic. I don't think. Right. right? Don't. Yeah. Where you get the giant pretzel. Uh, yes, and they also have these sugary drinks with the... Yeah, but I don't think they have alcohol. No, not the one I got anyway. That was an alcohol. Was sugar <laughs> to the highest level, but not alcohol. So, some of the fruity sugar drinks at Disney claim to have alcohol don't seem to have alcohol anyway. So <laughs> right. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't know the difference. Right. Good choice, though. I like, I like these, these choices. And uh, for my next one, you know, it's interesting because, you know, everybody has the types of rides that they enjoy going on and don't enjoy going on. And for me, I've never been a fan of very intense roller coasters. I could do things like Slinky Dog, for example, and Big Thunder. I love, but two thrill ride attractions in Disney that I've never been on are Expedition Everest and Tower of Terror. Never been on those. True, and I, I couldn't. We're getting it. the big eyes from my fellow panelists here. Yeah, and I, um, I, I really, I, I would like to experience them, but the anxiety I would have in anticipation would ruin my day. I'm dragging you to Great Adventure. (laughs) Great Adventure, yeah, that's... I'm taking you to Great Adventure. We're riding Nitro 270 feet high. We're riding King to Ka 454 feet high. We're going to do that. Scott, have you been on Rock And then... Yeah. And then what? And then you will sneak nothing. Well, that's true. That's (laughs) true. I know that. Um, No, I've never been on Rock and Roller Coaster. I didn't even go on Splash Mountain until about four years ago. And when I went on it for the first time, I was anxious about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm very anxious about it. And when it was over, the, the drop, I thought to myself, well, that was nothing. I mean, it was actually fun. I came to love the ride. It's one of my favorite attractions now. 
And it, it, I realized very quickly, it looked a million times worse than it actually is, the drop part. But the other rides like Tower of Terror, I, I generally don't like dropping sensations at all. I hate it. And um, in te- like I said, intense roller coasters. You know, I could do Slinky Dog, no problem. Expedition Everest is just a different thing. So I've never done those. The, I get the dropping uh, sensation. You don't like that because like, I don't like doing Splash Mountain for that. Sure. But I don't feel that on Tower of Terror. It's a really? different, yeah, it's a different feeling. It's a different feeling because you're not really dropping. It's pulling you down. Yeah, it's, it, the, the mechanism pulls you down. You don't fall. It's no, it's down. still stomach in your throat, Scott. Don't let them trick you. <laughs> but I will tell you, on the scale of one being Goofy's Flight Academy and 10 <laughs> oh, being That's King Daka, mm-hmm. I would put Everest at about a four and a half. So you don't think it's as intense? As roller coasters go, it is not that intense. Rock and roller coaster would be more intense. I'd put so, rock and roller coaster probably about a six or a seven. So um, let me, because of the inversions. Um, right. And, and, and the launch, too. You don't get that launch, kind of launch. Exactly. On so let me um, ask you this question. I'm sorry, Paul. Go ahead. I didn't mean to. Well, I, and I think really, and walking along that bridge, and you get great views of Expedition Everest. And right. you see people come out of the cave and go down the drop and then up the helix and then back into the mountain. That's probably the most intense portion of the roller coaster, other than the portion that goes backwards. And a lot of that is just because it's such a unique experience. Right. You're going backwards on a roller coaster in the dark. So it's, I, when I t- it, I'm not going to downplay that it's not intense. It is. It's a roller coaster. Every sure. roller coaster is intense, but on the scale of roller coasters, it's not that bad. Sure, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I think Splash is way more, for me, anyways. The drop is, is yeah. Yep. Then uh, Expedition Everest. It's interesting. Yeah, but Splash is intense for four seconds. If that, uh, ever, yeah. If um, that, two seconds. Everest. How do you keeps do you on going, Space going. Mountain? Me. I went on it twice years ago, and when I came off of it, my hand was shaking. Like I was, not, I really didn't like it. Okay. Um, so, like point of comparison, over at Universal, I, I guess I was feeling overly confident, and I went on the Mummy for the first time. Now the Mummy goes backwards, and I did not like it. When that was over, I said, "I'm never going on that again." It's less that. intense than the Mummy. Have you been on Gringotts? Yes, many times, and I, I, I like Gringotts. I don't like that drop at the beginning, but it's very yeah. short. It's short. Uh, I I would put it as in between Gringotts and Mummy. Okay, so Gringotts would be the least intense, and then right, but Mummy lasts thirty-seven seconds. Right, it is short. Yeah, Gringotts ever gets you a little longer than that. But you know what's crazy is that other rides that people don't like to go on, I have no problem going on. So, for example, I know people that can't go on Forbidden Journey at Universal, and I love it. Simpsons mm-hmm. ride, you know what I mean? I could do Ooh, that. That's two I couldn't do. Yes, yeah, so I I could do those no problem. It's just the uh, you know, so, the, the some rides for whatever reason, and I, I actually you know in a way it kind of makes me sad to be honest with you. Not and, and that's a first world problem I guess. But part <laughs> of me thinks you know I I love Disney, and you know I haven't been on Tower of Terror for example, which is such a major attraction. But but then the good thing about Disney is that there is so much to do between all the four parks. Yeah. And the, so it's not like, and you know, and like we were just saying, everybody has something that they may not enjoy doing. I have a, you know, my friend Joe, for example, when I've been with him, he doesn't go on any of the spinning attractions, just can't do it. Um, yeah. 
So well, maybe yeah, tea, one day. Teacups has got to be the worst ride for me. That's, hey. that, that spinning is rough. Scott, I got breaking news. Tell me. Uh, Pangu Pangu at Pandora does have four alcoholic drinks. <laughs> Two ales, a rum drink, and a margarita. You see, this That's is why good. I identified you as But do they have kibasa and pierogi to go with it? No, they don't. But um, <laughs> I was going to say Satuli has beer also. Mm. Um, but that that's a sit down. You can't just walk by, grab something and leave. At least not without getting frowned upon. No, this is a, win- a quick, that's quick serve restaurant, but. That's good to know. Yeah, but I will say, you know, just to conclude that, that part of the discussion in terms of Splash Madden, I'm very glad that I went on it. And I um, I think I've almost been on it every trip since. And I'm not going to lie. I still maybe get a little bit of anxiety, but even I recognize it's a, it's a nothing ride and, and the drop is not nearly as bad as it looks. Well, and I, I could even see Splash Mountain doing those two kind of mini drops yeah. mid-ride, especially when you go into the laughing place because it's sure. like down and then up and then down again. Um, you know, that's that can get you a little wall, but then you, but to Dean's point, you got like 35, maybe a full minute of what just log flume going through great sets, sure. great songs, soon to be rethemed, even better sets and better songs, Princess and the Frog. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. No word on that, right? We don't have an update. I I I don't I don't think they have a schedule yet because it's still like covid and stuff but i believe if i recall correctly splash mountain was due to go down for refurb in 2023 anyway okay so next year at some point they will probably close it and beyond refurb they will refurb (laughs) princess and the frog one of the most underrated disney soundtracks great 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 songs So uh, let's go for at least one more round here, guys. If you're if you're up for it, did Polly go twice? Yeah, no did bars. Oh, that's right. Okay, my bad. Sorry. But you know, it, at, I I will say one thing too. So if I go to a bar in Animal Kingdom, Scott, I'm bringing you with me, and then you will absolutely go on roller coasters because you won't be able to feel anything. That would be, be the way to do it. Paul's shoulder being carried to Expedition Everest. That would be I'll the way you. to do it. We'll I'll put him you. in a stroller, Paul. We'll put him in a stroller. Wait a minute. What are we doing here? Uh, just to know. It's a meeting, right? Just get in line. Why are we in the front? No, you'll love it. <laughs> I do do I'm better in the front than the back, obviously. Everybody knows that the front is less intense than the back. Ah, uh, depends on no? the coaster. Depends What's on which that? direction the coaster's going. Yep. Oh, true. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Um, and by the way, oh. the last thing I'll say about this, one of the reasons I love Slinky Dog and Big Thunder is because they're very accessible roller coasters. So even for scaredy cats like myself, and I'll call myself that, you could do it. No problem. No problem. That's just, small world's way scarier. Small world is intense, especially when you get stopped in the middle at night <laughs> with no one else in the boat. I love it. And the dolls start walking towards you. That's my dream. It's my nightmare. <laughs> Nick. Um, I had written down four things that just popped in my head when you said the topic. Um, and Paulie already poo-pooed one of them with his uh, in-park tours. Um, I didn't poo-poo. I'm just saying that that's not. I I I wouldn't find it unusual 
that someone hasn't done a tour. Yeah, I haven't done any of the tours. Nick, you should do behind the scenes. Eight dollars, unless there's been a markup. I can check. And the other one I wrote down was I've never seen the film in China. Neither I don't know that I. Yeah. Is there anything else in? Like I've done the shopping loop, but I've never gone inside the the building next to it. So I don't even know what's in there besides the film. It's an exhibit, I think. Is there? Yeah, I I, I forget what it is. Wait, is I that where the Shanghai stuff is? What's that? It's where is it was it? when they were. Um, is it inside there? Well, oh, then I have been in there. I just haven't seen the film. Yeah. I'll tell you one of the great things about doing like the um, the scavenger hunts during food and wine or flower and garden is getting into those pavilions a little bit further and looking at things and seeing things that you don't normally pay attention to because they always force you deeper into pavilions like when we did it this past time um, we went all over Canada the Canada pavilion looking for stuff and it's been a long time since I've explored that pavilion so it was pretty cool to have to get pulled into there to you know, accomplishing one thing, but really accomplishing something completely different. You know what's um, funny about the way your memory uh, works is I we went I went when I was a teenager to Epcot. We went to Disney World with my dad and stepmom, and we went to Epcot. And I remember every single pavilion. You couldn't leave it until you watched a tourism video, but that's not the way. It's set up. <laughs> Right. But that's the way I remember it is like every country we had to watch a tourism video before we could uh, before we could leave. So I, I maybe yeah, I challenge you to find the tourism video <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> it's a Beatles video. Germany. 18? Yeah. Probably. That's the way I remember is every everyone had an entrance and an exit. The exit you had to walk through a theater and watch the tourism video. I would get mad when people would skip the video after Maelstrom. That's a, that's literally the only one that has that. Where as you exit, there's a video. Yeah. But I remember them all being that way until we went back. And I was like, wait a minute. Have you guys seen the butter and bacon video? Uh, it was filmed about six months ago. It just <laughs> right. hasn't been edited or released yet. That's true. It's one of those delayed films. Yeah. Well, Probably's got to add background music. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, Dean, what is something you've never done at Disney World? <laughs> oh, I outside of the resorts that have opened most recently, I have never stayed at the campground or at any of the All Stars. Mm-hmm. I've stayed everywhere else. Everywhere else. Sense. Uh, not Grandestino or you know, some of the, the real recent ones, but mm-hmm. uh, all the others. You're missing out on that all-star movies action. Yeah, I will be at probably all-star sports this summer for a night. Yep. So I, have a question. I agree. All-star, all-star mm-hmm. movies is a good time. Dean, here's a question for you. Out of all the hotels you you have stayed at in Disney World, what is your least favorite? Um, Caribbean Beach. Reason? little spread didn't like the restaurant this was pre-refurb mm-hmm. um so th- i haven't stayed there in since 2004 so it gives you you know it's been a while so it's really hard to judge it when it was 18 years ago now um but didn't like the the food court we were there in february so i didn't get a lot out of the pool um but just knowing that i had done other moderates and i like other moderates better we've never gone back 
One thing I don't know the answer to, maybe you guys know, now that the rooms at Caribbean Beach have been refurbished, are they generally considered nicer rooms than French Quarter and Riverside at this point? I haven't heard that, but I generally lean towards if it's been refurbed and the others haven't, it's probably more modern. I, I ask only thing. because I'm considering going, assuming the world allows for this holiday season uh, <clears throat> and doing a moderate resort. And I wasn't sure if those were my choices, what, where I would stay. If you're doing a moderate, I'd go wilderness sludge. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm getting uh, the glare I, from Nick. I'm getting the glare. Yeah. My, my favorite moderate is Port Orleans Riverside. Well, mm-hmm. and I'd also say if you're going to spend the amount of time that I know you will at Disney Springs, then you'll want to stay at Port Orleans and take the boat. Which is an amazing experience, as, we, as we've talked about before. I yeah, love, I love that, that boat ride. ride. It's really fantastic. Um, or, or or walk, but yeah, it's a hike. Yeah, French Quarter is great too. French Quarter is really nice, very intimate. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Royal Room for you. Royal Room. Royal room. At, uh, Listen, at I don't know if you guys know this, but when you're a podcaster and you go to Disney, that there's special Royal podcaster rooms available. <laughs> Just show show a link to your uh, your Instagram, and then they give you a room. I mean, it's true. Nick and I basically had the same room at Wilderness Lodge, not together. Not at the same time, but we've had the same room. We have Copper, Copper Creek. Remember, I posted the pictures when I went to oh. seventeen. <laughs> You're like, I think I had that room. <laughs> oh, oh, are you mean? I was trying to understand what, what what you meant by this. You mean literally, you stayed in the exact same yeah. room at different times. He Pretty posted much. a picture from the balcony, and I was like, uh, "Yeah, that looks exactly like my view." Cool. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's the podcaster suite. They knew yeah. <laughs> the podcaster suite, right? They've updated it. Well, they've they've taken the bathroom out and put in the podcast studio. Sure. <laughs> um, of all the things to remove out of the room, I'm I'm hoping the bathroom's not what they chose. <laughs> well, you get good redo, acoustics if you well, sit re, in the yeah. in the tub. Redo yeah. the closet, maybe like pad that in for soundproofing. Like, I don't know. This, there's got to be a better choice than the bathroom. Go in the laundry area. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, Dean, I'm curious your thoughts on All-Star when you stay there later this year. And uh, I've not it's stayed at a bunch All-Star. of hotels. And you know what's weird is that I like, you know, it, we're creatures of habit. And so when we go to Disney World, we know what we like to do. We know the hotels we like to stay at. And let's face it, we're not there every day of the year. So we like to experience them when we go. But at the same time, you think, oh, well, for the same price, I could stay at this hotel. And I've never been there before. And I would love to stay there. It's very again first world problem but very tough to deal with sometimes when you're planning a trip well and and again you said like what's my least favorite it doesn't mean the stay there was bad right it's still a great place to stay it's got a lot of amenities that are really enjoyable and convenient and all that good stuff it's just like you said given the choices i would pick other places but uh it's good to get a little bit pushed out of your comfort zone so i know we've uh you know with your planning you've talked about different places over the last couple of years so sure. good, good to get your horizons uh, to explore but i'd love to stay i don't think i'd ever stay literally at a campsite but i'd love to stay at the cabin someday over yeah. at fort wilderness that looks fun that it looks very cool to stay there the podcast cabin the podcast cabin <laughs> i would um, do, do every night paul You'd weigh 375 pounds. <laughs> so much yingling. No. Pitchers. Pitchers no. flowing. If we do another round, you can I can put that on there. Before we oh, get to Oh. Honorable mention. Yeah, I've never done hoop to do. Have you done the luau? No. Mickey's backyard barbecue? 
No. Uh, I feel like I'm missing a dinner show off the top of my head. What am I missing? What? Beer Garden? The- Beer Garden's great. No. What? Beer Garden is awesome. The, the rolls there are fantastic. Not that Have that's the <laughs> Have you eaten in the castle, Nick? Eaten in the oh Cinderella Royal Cinderella's table? Royal Table? No. Or King Stephen's Court. <clears throat> Which made no sense. I actually I'm not a big uh like I don't like really like sausage or sauerkraut or all that. So I don't know what I would even eat at uh Oh there's more than sausage and sauerkraut. You can have the chicken night. nuggets off the kids' menu. Well there's there's yeah, well they the have- adult adult chicken nuggets, which is um sour broughton. They have beer. Beer. They have beer. Big, big steins. I want to get the grapefruit beer. Never had it. That's good. Schoenhofer? Yeah, I got some in the fridge right now. You got to put a shot of something into it because it's ABV is very low. Yeah. And with that, Paul, what is something you've never done in Walt Disney World? Um, I'm not. I'm not going to spend time. I mean, you know, definitely staying at the resorts is something that I could list. I've never stayed at a moderate, um, mainly because, and I know I've covered this on Butter and Bacon before. When we were going early on in our Disney fandom, we would stay at All Star Movies, um, and then we became a DVC family, both on my parents' side and my wife's parents' side. Now we're DVC owners, so then we went from staying at All Star Movies to the Boardwalk. Um, Right. Or or at Saratoga Springs. And then using the points, we'd stay at now Wilderness Lodge. We've stayed at um, the Polynesian and it's been great. We stayed at Dolphin for other reasons, you know, through the Marriott and stuff like that. But, you know, where you stay, I think that's the, and it's kind of like taking the, the behind the scenes tours. It's it's not something that necessarily is, you know, you go with what you're comfortable with. But along the lines of the. I can't believe I haven't done it is I have never had a churro at Walt Disney World. I was going to say that I did it, but I've never had a churro at Disney World. Yeah, I don't like churros. I've never had one. I see them. I've had them. Not there. I always, I yeah, I just for my snack credits. If I'm on the dining plan, I'm getting the Dole Whip float. I'm totally. getting a Mickey bar. Totally. Uh, I mean, I walk, I walk five miles in Hilton Head to go get a Mickey bar <laughs> at the DVC there. Um, but yeah, I've never had a, I've never had a churro. I've had the gluten free ones at Nomad Lounge. You, that's why I was asking. Are they? That's, bite that's why. Like- yeah, that's that's why yeah. I've had them because my son gets them. Have you had the churro flavored popcorn they sell at Disney World? I haven't had any flavored popcorn at all. I I like the regular popcorn at the specifically the popcorn stand right by the firehouse. Um, That's where it smells best. It is right. And and it's great. Say that again. I missed what you said. That's where where their popcorn smells the best. Oh, interesting. By the firehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And I can have it gone by the time the monorail arrives. (laughs) Accomplishments. But I, I know what you mean, Paul. Like for me, churros have not interested me like other snacks like i'd rather you know if i'm going to treat myself to a dessert which i will do every day on my disney vacation <laughs> i'm going to you know i'd rather personally again i'd rather get an ice cream sundae at Ghirardelli or a dole whip float like you've mentioned like that's just where i'd rather those calories go and then there are those days where even if i was going to have two desserts which definitely can happen in disney maybe i'm going to want a cupcake maybe i'm going to want uh i don't know insert 
any Rice number Krispie of treats with the ears dipped in chocolate. Oh, exactly. And again, it's a great it's a great use for the snack credits at the end of your vacation when you need to satisfy your snack credits. You yes, just get those, those you put them in the bag and they travel well. Perfect. I mean, there are days where I'll get the Dole Whip float and that'll be gone by the time I get to the popcorn cart. So then the popcorn cart is then gone by the time I get the monorail. <laughs> sure. So, you know, it's a progressive snacking. But yeah, it, it, churro has not been something. You sure, know, I've had an it. infinite number of turkey legs before churros i've had a single turkey leg i think i told you the story where i got one for free at toluca legs i walked up and the cast member looked at me and he said you can ask for the turkey leg in a turkey voice and give me a gobble gobble yes i I will give it to you for free (laughs) as a magical moment i said oh i absolutely would love a turkey leg. Could you please give me a turkey leg? Gobble, 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 gobble. And, and he's like, here it is. And he gave, I had the certificate. I've got, I've got a magical moment and what it is to look a legs and it's free turkey leg and it's signed. And it, yeah, that was great. That's fantastic. <laughs> Love that. So salty. So salty. Tastes like ham. It, it does. It's, it tastes like a oversmoked ham. Is it good? No. It's an nope. experience, Scott. It's yes, an experience. it's an experience. Sure. It's not good. I don't recommend it. Uh, even like in person. Oh, I think I'll get a turkey leg. So you might want to mm. not. They just but, look gross. Yeah, there's no real good way to look good eating it either. No. You know, just no. And, and you never know when you're done either. No. Like you take a bite and go, there, oh, that's not edible. Yeah, everything in there looks like it might be maybe edible most of it's not so you don't know what you're biting into (laughs) so uh my final thing that i have not done in disney world i have not been to disney world during the holidays i've been there after the holidays when some decorations are still up but it doesn't count because i haven't seen them lit up at night Uh, and that's why i'm hoping this year to be able to go to check out the holiday decorations i would love to see the lights and uh, I celebrate Hanukkah and I know there's a Hanukkah booth over at Epcot. So I would love to see that and have some of that food. So I was hoping to do that. Guys, have you been there during the holidays? Yes. I've been there during the holidays with Nick. The, yeah. The one time I was there the holidays, I was with Dean. And I've been there during the holidays the same time as Paul. Yes. We just not together. Yeah. Yep. So do you think it's worth a trip just to see the lighting? at uh, Disney World? Uh, For the decorations themselves, I think it's worth it if you've been to Walt Disney World greater than five times. Right. If you go there expecting to do a regular Walt Disney World vacation, don't go during the holidays. Because of the crowds. It's it's everything. It is the crowds. It's the traffic. It is the inability to get an ADR. It's an it's going to be an inability to get any kind of reservations anywhere that you want to do. And if you go to say the Magic Kingdom, you're going to be doing anything that is labeled an A or B type attraction. Space Mountain. I would take that hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Paul's talking about between Christmas and New Year's. Correct. If you're doing a holiday time trip, which in Disney World means pretty much November 7th through middle of January. Right. Correct. 
I would still agree with the, you should be like after your fifth or sixth trip, because you're going to want to do the seasonal specific things, right. which will draw you away from doing a typical vacation stuff, right? Like on a normal vacation, you're not bouncing around over at the boardwalk to go see five resorts and their decorations. You'll want to do that during the holiday time. Yeah. So as long as your goal is focused on, I want to see holiday stuff and you don't mind not riding Splash Mountain this trip, like that's a good directional way to take your trip. Uh, but I wouldn't do that. Like if I had only been there one or two times, I think there's still mm-hmm. core park stuff you want to do. Yeah. yeah the may- time, Go ahead. Nick. The, the time we did it, we spent an entire day just resort hopping, checking yeah. out the decorations. And which resort was your favorite to see for the holidays? Uh, my favorite is Wilderness Lodge. That tree mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. He's really close to the best one, too, which is Fort Wilderness. That's the, well, that's the only one I didn't go over and see. Fort Wilderness. And, and, and I agree with Nick. Wilderness Lodge is amazing for holiday decoration. But if you have the ability to drive through Fort Wilderness, the folks who stay there, often there's quite a few that stay there all season. And so they're setting up their own holiday displays and they rival anything you'll see in any, you know, well-decorated neighborhood in your area. It's, it's yeah. just incredible to see mm-hmm. when you're on vacation, all including, the amount of effort and time people put in. Including their golf carts. Yeah. Well, that's good. Good to know. Um, I'm planning on, like I said, if the world allows for it, going down there to see the lighting, I think it would be a different Disney world experience and, it's a big deal because they make such a big deal about the holidays in Disney. You know, it's it's really um, it's a special time of year there. Plus, I would love to see. I think over at Universal, they have special lighting at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They do. Um, so. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you this perspective, Scott, and, and it's not mine. It's my wife's. She started going to Disney World in 83. Mm-hmm. And the first time we went there for the holidays, she said it's the closest it's been to going for the first time. Yep. Is going at the holiday time when you what haven't a quote. seen it that way before. What a, what a, what a yeah. sell, selling point right there. I, I would agree with that because it, it, it it's familiar, but man, it is so different. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly Magic Kingdom, once you get off Main Street, the park is kind of the park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the decorations, when you, when you approach, um, I love the way that each park has its own tree and all of them are individually decorated. Like Nick said, the Wilderness Lodge tree, the Animal Kingdom Lodge tree is also amazing. You yeah. could spend an hour just looking at the different ornaments. Right. Um, so it becomes a very different trip than going and trying to rope rope drop every park and, you know, hit hit the major highlight um, attractions. And maybe the boathouse has some seasonal offerings. A lot maybe. of them do. The polite pig will have one. I should have mentioned that. I've never done that, but I am going to do that on my next trip, Nick, just for you. Better. And the BB <laughs> Wolf. And uh, like Hollywood Studios has a lot of decorations now where I think in years past they haven't had anything. They've just been adding more and more every year. I love it. Go watch. You don't have to go on it, Scott, but you can go watch the uh, Tower of Terror. Yes, it's a cool building to look at during the holidays with the projections. But uh, this is all good stuff. So uh, feel free to write into us and let us know what you've never done in Walt Disney World. I'd be very curious to know. And uh, before I get to the Stuff We Love podcast plug, first off, I want to ask you guys, any Stuff We Love recommendations you want to mention? Had you anything in mind or no? No, that's okay. The uh, the after party on Apple TV. Yeah, I want to watch that show. That's um, It's got a great cast, right? Yeah. It's, uh, Tiffany Haddish and um, uh, I can't remember who else is in it. Is Dave Franco in that? Yes. 
and a few other yeah. actors. Yeah, it's great because each episode focuses on like one person's story. It's a Rashomon, so either they're all telling the same story from their perspective, right? And it's done it done in different styles. Like the first episode is like a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. and the, they've had there's three episodes out. The second one's like a like a Fast and Furious action movie retelling, and the third one's a musical. Cool. The great Isn't recommendation. That what you wanted to have done with the Eternals. Yes. I wanted a musical episode. Bollywood musical episode. Um, and then, um, and I believe one of the I think there's seven or eight episodes. I believe one of them is going to be animated. Oh, cool. Yeah, but I watched the first three and they were really good. I will definitely watch that. I've been meaning to, and I know that just came out. So that's a that's a good recommendation. Thank you, Nick. Uh Paul and Dean, any recommendations? Seen anything good? Now that it's concluded, I will absolutely recommend the Netflix reimagining of Lost in Space. I've heard um, amazing it, things about that. It it it's either three or four seasons. I can't remember off the top of my head. I want to say three, and it is it it uses the original TV show from the '60s as a jumping off point, mm-hmm. and a lot like what sci-fi did with Battlestar Galactica. That is kind of this. It took it in a whole new direction very, very the effects are incredible for um i i think it really was net one of netflix's first series where they spent some serious money um and it's it's well done it's well acted um the situations are not silly like it, it's not a silly lost in space like there's no great veggie rebellion or anything like that um but if if you're a fan of kind of those um far more realistic retellings of classic sci-fi mm-hmm. it is definitely up there and now that the series is concluded and they've absolutely said unequivocally nope this has been it i can absolutely recommend it it's great to binge it's great to dole out if you want to you know have it last but yeah lost in space on netflix is great right great recommendation dean how about you anything i'm going to recommend folks spend some time watching the olympics Oh yeah, uh, and I know it's been very politicized, and people want to know why these athletes didn't strike or boycott. And, and I say, put that stuff aside. That's that's political, and and that has nothing to do with these. I'm old enough now. I'm going to call them these kids that, that have busted their humps the last four years and worked hard. And, and you know, root on your country, root on your heritage, root on the athletes themselves, and and just hope for good competition, good sportsmanship, and. Uh, watch something you've never watched before, because some of these, uh, particularly in the winter games, I think some of the competitions are just phenomenal feats of activities. I couldn't, I mean, I tried ice skating the last two winters. Oh my God, I it, I actually have ice skating on now while we're recording. And it, it's amazing what these figure skaters can do. And I couldn't even stand up on the darn blades. So right. appreciate it for what it is. You know, it only comes around every four years, winter, and then, you know, obviously summer on the two years off that, but it's uh it's it's worth the investment it's worth the time and i hope the uh you know the political stuff can stand on the sidelines and the athletes can be featured and spotlighted like they deserve great recommendation what's that get into curling curling is great to watch i have a lot of fun on uh people mock it but man you watch it and you're like oh man you can totally see you you can see it unfolding and it's like wow this is amazing nick you were saying I forgot. Oh, um, Nick, Nick was back on the churros. Yeah, yeah, those you are know, great. Um, recommend- Good. It's funny is um, that after party show. 
they uh i love when shows add supplemental material so dave franco's character on the show is um uh, a rapper music musician they released a music video of one oh, of the wow. songs <laughs> that's cool i think they also released a soundtrack to the show itself yeah they have a i bought i bought all three i bought the three songs from the musical episode cool yeah that's a great recommendation i i guess if i had to give one I mentioned this before we started recording, but I just saw a movie the other night, which came out the end of last year called Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright. It's a, like a psychological horror film, which is a long story short about a girl in England who starts as a um, fashion student, a designer. She wants to be a designer at a prominent fashion school in London, and she doesn't get along with the kids at the school and she goes and gets her own bedsit, as it's called in England, which is kind of like an apartment. And she ends up, I guess the easiest way to explain it is experiencing very vivid dreams related to the person that used to live in her apartment back in the 60s in London. And this person was an aspiring singer and entertainer and gets caught up in a bad underworld of London at that time. And it goes from there. And her life sort of intertwines with the life of this person that used to live there. And you don't know what's reality and fiction, but it's a really good it's a horror movie. It's not amazingly scary, but it has twists and turns, and I liked it. So with an amazing soundtrack, by the way. Last Night in Soho. Good movie. Sounds a little bit like Midnight in Paris. Uh, yes, just scarier. Just, yeah, scarier. Right. Midnight in Epcot. Can I give you an honorable mention? Anytime. On Apple TV Plus, the yes. movie Swan Song. Is Swan Song. Phenomenal. Yes, that's with um... Mashallah Ali. Yes, and the 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 plot synopsis is this is in the near future, and there's new technology where people with um, certain fatal illnesses go to this place to train their clone to replace them, and their family does not know. Wow. So it's it is it's it's emotional. It is very well acted. Um mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. Great recommendation. He's a terrific yep. actor, Mahersha Ali. He's really wonderful. Just recommend Apple TV plus period. Mm-hmm. I you know what? Yes. <laughs> Ted Ted Lasso, yes. um, Mystic Quest. Yes. Um Polly didn't like it, but Schmigadoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, it's not that I didn't like it. It just, it's not for me. For All Mankind is amazing. Fantastic. I mean, now they after party. Like everything I've watched on Apple TV Plus, I've loved. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great service. It's, I was listening to a podcast with the, this uh, journalist, Derek Thompson, who writes for The Atlantic, and it was all about streaming services. And he had on a prominent media journalist on the show as well. And that journalist said the sleeping, the sleeper service that people forget about is Apple TV Plus. That ha- it, it, the movies they have on there and the TV shows, they're really, no one talks about it like they do Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus even, but I think it's among the best, without a doubt. And I loved Foundation. Foundation, which one is that? Oh, that yeah, is gotta- classic, classic, seriously classic science fiction. Yeah, I got to watch uh, that one. It yeah, I mean if if it's it's Isaac Asimov, um, so we're talking nineteen fifties mm-hmm. science fiction, and it 
the the story itself, the overall foundation story takes place over the course of tens of thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but to give you kind of a synopsis, this is in the very distant future and a historian scientist, a professor of psychohistory has determined mathematically how to predict the future based on data from the past. Mm-hmm. And he predicts the downfall of humanity and the empire, which is like 10,000 worlds in the galaxy at this point. And of course, he's seen as a heretic and he's, you know, bringing the downfall of the empire. The empire is governed by three clones that are called Dawn, Day and Dusk. And as each clone dies, the next clone assumes the next age. So it, all three are played by the same actor at different periods of time. And Day is played by, um, oh, his name just left my head. He's He plays the bad guy in Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the the Kree warrior. Um, oh, oh, oh. Yep. Lee Pace is the Pace. actor's name. Because he was on that show where uh, when we touched people, they came to life and then touched them again, they died. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's very interesting to see him play clones of the same emperor, mm-hmm. but it's a different character because he's playing someone that has aged 30 years. Right. With a different experience. So cool. it's, it's really neat. And that's Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV Plus. Wow. Foundation. Okay. Great recommendations tonight. Good choices for our listeners. Uh, and with that, why don't we go around the room and uh, each of you guys give a plug to yourselves and uh, whoever wants to do butter and bacon and adventures out there travel. So, uh, Paul, we'll start with you. I am Yo Pauly on Twitter. Um, I am a uh, part-time editor for the Butter and Bacon podcast. Eventually, I'll edit an episode and it'll be released at some point um to did, the to the complete surprise of nick did he happened. say his twitter name wrong he did yo paulie nj <laughs> you didn't say the engine i didn't <laughs> no. don't find me don't follow oh, I, me I'm i thought you did okay i wasn't listening i didn't sound like it he didn't i'm very boring it is don't at yo paulie nj yep he'll fight hashtag wordle hashtag absurdle Absurdle, wordle, literal, and I am given up on Taylordle because that thing is just impossible. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, Nick, how about you? Uh, I'm Nick Waymania on Twitter when I actually tweet something, which is rare. He, every time he says it's rare, and yet he's like half of my timeline is Nick tweets. <laughs> I was pretty active today, but I was mostly just making fun of uh, other people. Dean, what about you? Uh, well, I, I co-host Butter and Bacon with these fine gentlemen, and you can find us at Butter and Bacon. You can find me at CT underscore Mickey underscore man. Uh, and if you want to talk trip planning, you can email me, Dean at adventuresoutthertravel.com or find me on Twitter at AIOT Travel. Yes. They'll hook you up with that, that all-star music room. <laughs> or the delayed Disney Wish cruise. That is true. Yes, delayed through July. A lot of people had their cruises canceled, unfortunately. All those uh, bloggers that were going to be first 
Although not for nothing, rebooked at a 50% discount is sweet. That is a sweet deal for a very expensive trip. But not first. Was that one that uh, the new first, was that one booked booked up? I believe so. Yeah. Are they doing, are they doing the wish at a lower capacity like the other ones? Or is that one they're booking it for? I think everything on that realm is TBD. (laughs) So whatever the rules are today will probably be different come July. Yeah. So, Paul, it's your favorite time of the show when I do the plugs for Stuff We Love podcast by memory. It is amazing how you can rattle this off. Please, regale. Okay, here we go. First off, let me tell our listeners where they can find me on Twitter. I'm at ScottyBoy4. You can find Stuff We Love Podcast on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod. We're on Instagram at Stuff We Love Podcast. We have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel. You can write to us at Stuff We Love Podcast at gmail.com. Tell us what you've never done in Walt Disney World based on tonight's episode. And then you can find us at StuffWeLovePodcast.podbean.com where you can see links to all of our prior episodes. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us those good reviews, which makes it easier for others to find the show. And with that, it has been an honor and a pleasure to be with you fine gentlemen this evening to talk about things we've never done in Walt Disney World and some more. So (laughs) let's go around the table one more time. I am Scott. I'm Nick. I'm Dean. And I'm Paulie. And this has been a Stuff We Love podcast 